that is not for your tithes. This is a love offering. Uh, we every once in a while have a, what we call no one stands alone offering. And we have um, a, a lady who many of you know if you have children, um, she works in the nursery, Nadia, and uh, she has been diagnosed with cancer. She's going to have major surgery coming up. Um, <clears throat> she has a daughter. She's the single mom <clears throat> with their daughter. So she's facing some real difficulties. And in fact, uh, a bunch of people donated some things, and she's trying to sell those right now uh, to get some extra cash to be able to, because she won't be able to go back to work right away after, after surgery. So we're going to take up a special offering for Nadia, and we'll do that, um, <clears throat> we'll do that at the end of the children's message, so you'll know when that's coming up. I tell you ahead of time so you can make out a check. If you make it out, you can do it one of two ways. If you make it out to First Baptist Church, We'll give her one check for everything that comes in, every single penny that comes in for this uh, No One Stands Alone offering, we will give to her. I want you to know that. If you want to give her, make it right to her, you could put in her first name, Nadia. Yes, sir. We'll take a quart of blood. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> you know what? If you don't have it today, but you, you have it later on, you can either give it to her directly or you can give it to us and we'll get it to her later. Can you do Oh, uh, you to the you church can you can. That, yeah. mm -hmm. Pardon me? You can designate it. Well, I can't even talk. You can designate that online when you give online through our yeah. website. Yeah. There's a little thing that says other and you can put her name in there. Yes. Like Apple Pay or PayPal or whatever. Bitcoin. <laughs> but, but, just, just kidding. Okay, all right, so uh, that's, we'll, that'll be coming up. So uh, let's, let's give her a good offering. I can't imagine being, a, being, having cancer, first of all. Some of you know about that. I can't imagine being a single parent with a daughter and having to go through all that. Um, so let's help her out. This is also for Ronald McDonald. Speaking of, uh, there are a lot of kids that have cancers and other physical problems. And so um, is it once a month that every... Once every six weeks or four or six weeks, uh, we have a team that go over there, and this is a sign-up sheet for that so that um, we know who we can count on. Rachel can, can contact you. So I'm going to start this now so that uh, by the end of the service, it'll make it all the way around. So when you get to the very end back there in the back, just pass it over to Dave, and he'll start it coming forward. So there you go. <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> Other than that, you know what? If the Lord doesn't show up today, then you're wasting your time. Uh, and so am I. So let's pray and invite him to be here today. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, you're an incredible God. Your mercy and your grace is amazing. Lord, we just thank you for being a God we, on whom we can depend for every need we have, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, every way. So Father, we pray that you'd be in this service. We pray that you'd be in every heart that's here today, and Lord, that you would Speak to us through your Holy Spirit, that you would use your word to help us to see something that we need to see today as a nation. God, I pray that you'd forgive us of our sins and give us clean hearts and clean hands, and Lord, help us to absorb what you have for us today. Lord, bless us. We baptize later on. Thank you so much for these who are taking a stand for Jesus Christ and are letting others know I'm not ashamed of him. He's my Savior, and I'm not ashamed. Father, we pray your blessings upon the next couple of worship songs, God. Pray that you would uh, just draw us closer to you through this as we give our praises to you. 
and we'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as we continue to worship the Lord together? Oh 
Where my sin and bear my 
Thank you, praise team. Boys and girls, First Baptist Church, come on down to the front. We will have our minute message, and while they're coming down here, uh, I want to show you what I'd like you to do for the offering for Nadia. Take one of the offering envelopes and draw a heart on it. Uh, since I had some pre-med courses, I drew an anatomically correct heart. On the, but that way we'll know it's a love offering. So everything that comes in in this envelope with a heart on it will go toward Nadia for her difficult time. <clears throat> so, all right, boys and girls, let me find out something. I, I don't know enough about you all, so I'm going to ask how many of you <clears throat> were born in December? All right. Do you like being born in December? What's, what's your, what day? December 30th. December 30th. Wow. That was some great tax planning. That, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That was great. But when, when, when's your birthday? December 19th? All right. Good deal. How many here were born in April? What day? April 13th? All right. How many were born in September? Holy cow. What day? 20th? All right. What day? 22nd? All right. All right. Now, this is a tricky question. <clears throat> How many were born in March? We have two people born in March. All right. And how old are you? No, you're not. You're, you're eight. How old are you? No, you're 10. You know why? Because God says in the Bible, when he puts you together and he started knitting you together in your mommy's tummy, that you were already you and you were already you. So you're really like March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, you were another year older. Now, that's not the way we do it, but that's the, way, that's the way it is with God. Because when you were still not even born yet, God knew you, God had a plan for you, and God loved you. So, you know what? If you want to, you know, use the extra year for your advantage at some point in the future, then, then go ahead and do so. But I want everybody here to know <clears throat> that life begins at conception. That's when life begins, and we're going to talk about it this morning. I had a sermon like two and a half, three weeks ago for today on just say no to debt. That was in our stewardship, our management of life series, and, that, and then God just wouldn't let me be content with that. And so Friday night uh, at about mid, um, what, 11 or 30 or something, I got up <clears throat> and got a whole different sermon. It's going to be on why I am pro-life. Uh, why I am pro-life today, Sanctity of Life Sunday, and we're going to have a presentation from Silent Voices. So I want everybody to know, you know what? God is a God who forgives, and uh, our society has been misled by, about this whole idea of abortion so, so long. Uh, so I want you to know God can forgive of anything, but I want to be clear as to what the truth of the Word of God teaches on this matter. So you all realize you're actually nine months older than what you think you are right now. So that really becomes important when you get ready to get your driver's license, but uh, <clears throat> good luck on, con on convincing DMV about that. All right, let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Our Father, I pray you'd be with these boys and girls, these young men, young ladies. I pray, God, that you would rear them and raise them to love you, to know you, to serve you, to be absolutely dedicated to you. I pray that every one of them would know that you knew them <clears throat> even before their mom and dad knew them, even before their mom knew that they were going to have them, you knew them. And you were 
having a plan for them, and you were putting them together. And so, Lord, we thank you for that, and we ask you to bless them and to use their lives for your glory. And we pray it in Jesus' name. And all the boys and girls said, amen. Amen. All right, boys and girls, right over here to your classes, the elder and the younger. Now, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to need four people to help me take this No One Stands Alone offering. So if I could get four people who would help me. Gary, would you help? And and Shira, okay. Gary, come right here. And uh, would you mind helping Wyatt right here? And uh, Eric, would you mind helping over here? And what we're going to do... Again, is receive this, this no, man's, no One Stands Alone offering and uh, give it all to Nadia. Father, bless this offering. Lord, provide her needs. God, help us to be the church. And like in the days of Acts, when there was a need, people would literally sell what they had to be able to help other Christians out. So God, help us to be generous. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, go ahead and pass the offering place. Just pass them down the row, and uh, then they'll come back at, and you can get it and pass it down to the next row. Okay. <clears throat> so we don't have, <laughs> we do not have a uh, slide presentation because uh, of the proximity of the time uh, that it takes to do that and the fact that this sermon just changed. But the issue of abortion was brought uh, to bear in a whole new light recently, well, a little while back with some videos uh, that were taken secretly and kind of exposed and revealed what some of the abortion industry is all about in literally selling parts of babies that were aborted. <clears throat> it's a controversial subject, this idea of, of abortion, uh, sad to say. But my concern is, what does the Bible have to say about it? And before we get into verses that specifically address life and when it begins and so on, and the, and the, and the value of it, first consider Isaiah 5.20, because these are the days that we live in. Isaiah 5.20, Woe to them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So there's a general principle. Uh, When people call that which is evil good and when people call that which is sour sweet and when people call that which is dark light, uh, you've got some serious problems. And we live in an era uh, when, and I've lived a long time, and, and I don't, ever remember it being this bad as it is right now. The, the antagonism, the hatred, the vitriol the, uh, the, in the political field, even in religious circles and so on, uh, there's just so much of it going on. So be careful when a society begins to call evil that which is good and call good that which is evil. Now, Deuteronomy is the last book in what is called the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Old Testament. And the book of Deuteronomy is, this literally means the second giving of the law. But it's also um, pretty much a, a series of three sermons <clears throat> by, uh, by Moses, the last words that he preaches to them before he dies. And a person's last words can be very, very significant, can be very, very important. And so to Moses, his people were important. He died for his people. He risked his life uh, in Egypt for his people. And he gives them a solemn warning, a reality check if you will, of what will happen if they follow God and what will happen if they don't follow God in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Moses said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. If we were to summarize the entire Bible, we might well, and we had to do it with one verse, we might well use John 3, 16. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I mean, John 3.16 is about choosing life. And so whether you're choosing life in this area of conception and physical birth, or choosing life over death in the spiritual realm of eternal life versus eternal death, choose life are the words that, that God gives to us in his Bible. Some people say, well, I believe in free choice. I believe in the right to choose. But they don't complete the sentence. Because if they were to complete the sentence, you, you'd have to ask them, choose what? And, and they won't say, well, I'm for putting to death children or babies in the womb. They won't say that. The decision to end an innocent life is a choice between life and death. Are you going to let the baby live, or are you going to not let the baby live? And again, Deuteronomy 30, 19, choose life. Now understand, we are free to make choices, and for whatever reason in our country, <clears throat> since 1973, it has been legal to take the life of unborn children. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something. You may have the right to make a choice, but you don't have the right to choose the consequences you get from making that choice. So I want to give you biblical reasons why I'm pro-life, all the while, again, saying uh, that God is a God who forgives, God is a God who loves, but we need to know what the Bible really teaches about this. So first of all, I'm pro-life because it's God that's forming the baby in the womb. He is the one who's forming the baby in the womb. And the, the preference that I gave to the children was Psalm 139, verse 13, for you have possessed my reins. You have covered me in my mother's womb. In other words, you have made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You have knit me together in my mother's womb, is what he's saying. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows right well. My substance was not hid from you when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes did see my substance, and that word for substance in the Hebrew literally means the power, the, the bones, the might, the body, all of me. You saw all of me. You saw my potential. You saw my physical makeup, my mental makeup. You, you saw it all, when yet it was imperfect or not complete, not done. It's interesting, uh, in the Hebrew there, it refers to embryo or fetus there as incomplete. And in my book are all my members written, which in continuance were fashioned when there are yet none of them. So this passage, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, reveals that when a mother is pregnant, God himself is vitally involved in, in causing that child to be formed within her body. So wonderfully and fearfully made literally means awesomely made. Do we forget the miracle that birth is? Do we forget the incredible um, a miracle that, that a man and a woman can produce a third person, it's an amazing thing. And he says it is an awesome thing. Now, you often hear people use the word fetus, uh, and, and they do so because it's a little less, it's a little more innocuous. It doesn't seem as difficult uh, than if you said baby. So second reason I'm pro-life because what is being formed in the womb is a human being. It's not a clump of cells. It's not a sponge. It's not, a, uh, it's not just some, uh, some mass. It is a specific grouping of cells with a specific chromosome uh, direction that God has built into that mom and that dad that produce a third person. And in Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you, God says, and before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you set you apart. I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. 
I mean, look, God is vitally involved in all of this, and, and it is not a clump of cells. It is a baby that was there that he's addressing. I knew you. I sanctified you. I ordained you. So fetus, instead of the word child or baby, um, again, makes it a little bit, little bit kind of insulates you from the gravity of putting to death a little child. But in the Latin, fetus means baby or child. And to say fetus is to say child in Latin, no matter how small, no matter whether it's preborn or not, has nothing to do uh, with when the baby is born. That child, as small as the grain of a mustard seed, is a human being where human life has begun, and, and no less a person than someone who's 50 years old or 70 years old. No less a person. In Luke 1, it came to pass when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary. Remember Mary, Virgin Mary, <clears throat> was, was, uh, had conceived uh, Jesus Christ in her womb without the, uh, the involvement of Joseph or any other male, any other human being. <clears throat> and so she goes to where her cousin Elizabeth is. And when she did that, in Luke 1, it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the greeting or the salutation of Mary, <clears throat> the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say the glob of cells leapt in her womb. It says the baby leapt in her womb. And in and and verse 44, it furthermore says the babe leapt for joy. Now, I'm going to submit to you that a clump of cells doesn't have emotions. An amoeba doesn't even have emotions, even though it's a living thing. The baby leapt for joy, and this was a person there. Now, the word Luke uses for babe throughout this passage is brephos, B-R-E-P-H-O-S. And brephos is an unborn child, an embryo, a fetus, or in the Bible, a newborn child, an infant, or a baby. So whether in the womb or out of the womb, the Bible will use the same word. For example, in Luke chapter 18, verse 15. When Jesus was teaching and healing and, and people were milling all around and the little children started coming to him and some of the disciples said, no, 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 uh, keep them back. We don't want to bother the Savior with these little children. That was brephos. The very same word used of the baby in the womb is used of the child that was being brought to Jesus who the, the disciples were forbidding. Very same one. God doesn't distinguish. This is important. Young people, listen, he doesn't distinguish between prenatal and postnatal human life. He does not distinguish between those two. There was a, a Dr. Bernard Nathanson, who was director of the largest abortion clinic in the Western world. I'm not sure the name of it. You probably have heard of him, but uh, his eyes were open, and suddenly he changed his tune uh, after having performed 60,000 abortions. And when he resigned, he said, I'm deeply troubled by my own increasing certainty that I had, in fact, presided over 60,000 deaths. Doctors and nurses who had worked with Dr. Nathanson uh, talked about nightmares and depression and personality changes that other clinic personnel were experiencing because of the taking of innocent life. Third reason I'm pro-life is because the Bible says it's a crime against God to kill innocent life. It's wrong. Cain became the first murderer. He killed his brother. He killed his brother because God had accepted his brother's offering but didn't accept his offering. Abel was innocent, and Cain slew him, and there was a mark upon Cain because of that. It is still against God's law 
and against the Bible to kill innocent life. There are six things that the Lord hate in Proverbs 6. Seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and listen to the third one, hands that shed innocent blood. And I submit to you, there is no more innocent blood than the blood of a little baby, preborn or born, a little baby. So the taking of life in the womb is an abomination to Almighty God. What, what could be more clear than that? Number four, I'm pro-life because abortion transgresses, tra- transgresses the golden rule. You remember the golden rule? Do unto others as what? You would have them do unto you. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Let's, let's consider that. Let's apply that golden rule. Would a mom carrying a baby in her womb want to be put to death? If, in fact, she's going to put her child to death, do unto others as you would have them do unto you? Would a Supreme Court justice want to be killed by being dismembered with some vacuum device? Then don't, don't make it okay to kill other human beings in that way. Would a doctor want to be trapped in a room full of corrosive acid, having it poured on him, forced into his lungs and his stomach, and left to convulse for hours? And if he doesn't want that, then don't do that to other people and don't, don't participate and doing that to other human beings. Number five, I'm pro-life because abortion goes against the natural instincts God has given. In Romans 1.31, without understanding, our times, covenant breakers, our times, without natural affection, 2020, our times, not natural affection, describing a society on its last legs, and in the last days, God said one of the marks will be people without understanding. They will be covenant breakers, and they will not have natural, natural uh, affection. What is natural affection? Natural affection is what gives a mom a love for that little baby that she's never seen. Gives a dad a love for that little child the very first moment that he sees them. That's natural affection. Uh, I'll go to another very authoritative source, Facebook. <clears throat> I saw a mama skunk helping her babies up over a curb and not leaving until every one of them was up over the high curb. A skunk! I saw in another video a mama bear taking care of her cubs and helping them out of a a difficult situation. I've seen raccoons. I've seen ducks trying to do the same thing. I mean, animals. Now, I heard that an ostrich, an, an ostrich evidently is without natural affection because she'll just kind of walk off and leave the egg there and whatever. Uh, but, but I'm going to tell you something. Natural affection is a natural love. It's a natural thing that when you have babies, you love on them. It's something that normally you don't have to be taught. You just do it. It comes. It's part of being a human being. But the day in which we live is, is that people are without Affection in the Greek, astorgos, which means a lack of love towards one's old children. And I have seen, and you have seen, people with shirts with the words, I had an abortion and I'm glad, and things similar to that. And I'm going to tell you something, that's no natural affection. I am pro-life, number six, because God expects us to protect and deliver the innocent. That's, we're assigned, that's part of what our job is in this life. It's protect and deliver innocent. In Proverbs 24, 11, rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die. 
Save them as they stagger to their death. Don't ex- Listen to this. Don't excuse yourself, verse 12, by saying, look, we didn't know. For God understands all hearts, and he sees you, and he who guards your soul knows you knew. He will repay all people as their actions deserve. People in, we have a couple of families here from Germany. People in Germany back in the 30s didn't know. Some of them didn't know. Some of them knew but didn't want to know, didn't want to see what was going on. And we can't have that as an excuse as Christians. We, we, we can't say, well, I just didn't realize. Don't excuse yourself. Educate yourself. Look into the Word of God. Figure out what the Bible teaches. So uh, what, God, what does God think about abortion? Do you think he is in neutral on this thing? Do you think he's a fence-sitter on the idea uh, of the life in the womb of a, of a mom, whether or not that ought to be taken or not? Do you think it's only a problem for Congress to solve? Those who know the Lord should not be silent because we are tasked with protecting and delivering the innocent. Number seven, I'm pro-life because God commands his people to speak up and to confront evil. We live in such a timid age. Almost all my ministry, I've been, I, I've been concerned about uh, when it comes to election time <clears throat> of telling people, look at the party platforms I don't care if you're Green Party, Independent, Democrat, Republican. I don't care which party. Look at the platform. What does the party stand for? What does the candidate stand for? Does the candidate stand for life? Does he choose life? Does she choose life? Or do they choose death? It's not a not just a political thing with me. It's, it's a moral issue with me. And anytime moral issues become political footballs, we have... We're tasked with a duty of taking a stand for what's right. And we still live in a, a, a republic, an opportunity of expressing ourselves, an opportunity with free speech, an opportunity to vote our conscience. And, and, and the guidelines should be the word of God. Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah 58, verse 1, shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. You were a trumpeter, right? Huh? French horn. Oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> well, I was a trumpet player, and I loved it when, when it said, you know, when you get those, those, those notes and they, they say, you know, you're supposed to really push this one, really get loud. I loved it. You could just, a trumpet blast, shout with the voice of a trumpet, shout aloud, don't be timid. So many preachers will not take stands on and, and, and issues because they're afraid. They're afraid of losing tax exemption. You know what? If we have to lose tax exemption to preach the word of God, then so be it. I don't want that to happen, but if it happens, so be it. We have a responsibility to God above Uncle Sam. That was pitiful. There's only two or three amens on that. (laughs) Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people, Israel, of their sins. And and so we we need to cry. Look, as a preacher, I'm supposed to comfort the afflicted? And I'm supposed to afflict the comfortable. <laughs> Think about that when you get home, okay? Uh, so, so sometimes we just get it. We just get back and we, we don't want to know. We, we want to hide from what's going on. We are to be the salt and the light of, of this society. 
It's not the laws being voted on in Washington, D.C. or Sacramento that are salt and light. It is the child of God. And the reason we're in the mess we're in today is because of Christians who've not been willing to shout aloud and let people know what the Bible has to say. Tiny, helpless human beings led to the slaughter are oppressed as much as any other minority there might be. Number eight, eighth reason why I'm pro-life, because God pronounced a curse upon anyone who is paid to take the life of an innocent person. Deuteronomy 27, 25, Cursed be he that takes reward to slay an innocent person, and all the people shall say amen. So the ultimate selfishness is the appalling multi-million dollar abortion industry and the doctors who make money from killing little innocent children their homes literally are built with the blood and the bone of little babies. Killing for hire. Kind of a paladin type thing. Have gun, will travel. Except with the doctor. Some of you guys don't know what that means. <laughs> Have scalpel, will travel. The curse of God is on that. When a doctor's in the business of taking human life, it goes against his whole Hippocratic oath. I know some people don't like to hear some of the things I'm saying right now, but the Bible says, lift up your voice like a trumpet, spare not, show my people their sin. How can we ask God to bless us as a nation if we allow such things without protesting, without trying to spread the truth? One last thought. One last thought. Number nine, I am pro-life because it resonates with the heart of God. What does that mean? It, it, it aligns us with the heart of Almighty God. In Isaiah 40, verse 10, yet the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. And contrast that with verse 11, or compare it with verse 11. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. Did you notice the difference? He will feed the flock. He will carry the lambs in his arms, close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. You remember what Peter, that questioning that Peter went through after the resurrection, and Jesus said, do you love me? He said, yes, I do. He said, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, feed my lambs. God is concerned about how we treat our little children. How does the Lord our God treat the most vulnerable of his flock? He feeds them. He gathers them. He carries them next to his heart, and he leads them. On any given day, and I may not be right on this statistic, three to 4,000 abortions a day. Is that close? Okay. Three to 4,000 lives will be snuffed out. They've not had the benefit of a trial. They've had no counsel to represent them. And they'll be executed in, in some of the most inhumane ways to die. Ways we wouldn't even think about executing a convict who had been guilty of murder and rape. January 22nd, 1973, I remember that day. That's a day that will live in infamy, much like 9-11, much like Pearl Harbor Day, because that was a day in the country that I love. It was made legal to take the life of a little baby. Well, preacher, don't you think that we ought to be concerned about the life of the mother and the health of the mother, distress of a mother? I think that those phrases are a lot of times covers for the convenience of a mother. In America, you can crush a bald eagle's egg and be fined $5,000 and spend a year in jail. 
but you can also kill little babies in their mother's womb. In the United States that I love, a teenage girl can receive amoral sex education in the public school system and be given contraceptives and go- with government money. And if she does turn out pregnant, she can be taken to a clinic without her parents' knowledge and have an abortion. And yet that school won't even give an aspirin to a student without permission from the parents. It's wrong. Some pro-abortion arguments, it's not human. Yes, it is. Non-human things don't leap for joy. It's made in the image of Almighty God. It is a baby. It has all of the chromosomes, all, everything it needs. It's just tiny. So we're going to say we're going to put little people to death? Is that what we're going to say? It's my body, my choice. No, it's your, it's your body, but there's another body there. Separate from your body. It's not part of your body. Well, without abortion, the poor will be overburdened. You know what? That doesn't solve the poverty uh, problem by, by snuffing out little babies' lives. Well, life begins when the child begins to breathe. No, that's when, life begin, the, that's when the baby's able to breathe outside the mom, but the baby's breathing oxygen while inside the mother's womb uh, in a miraculous way. God provided that through the umbilical cord. They say, well, abortion is sometimes necessary to save the mother's life, only in the rarest of instances. And I, I will tell you, in the rarest of, inter- uh, of instances, uh, it might be appropriate. But, uh, but that's just usually an excuse for the convenience factor. Well, what if pregnancy is a result of rape? You mean like Ethel Waters? Countless others who were allowed to live, who were given life, allowed to stay alive and, and have a productive life. Well, there may be a danger of deformity. Yeah, there may be. But how many people, Pat, in our other church did we have who were told that their babies were going to have serious physical problems and they elected to go ahead and have those babies and, and when those babies were born, they were fine? How many? Several. Several. We have some close friends we, we went to college with. We've kept in contact all these years. They have two children that have physical challenges. One of them has a, is a Downs, was a Downs baby. He's now 35, 38 years old, something like that. He's one of the sweetest guys you can imagine. When and where do you get the authority to say, well, if, if someone has a deformity, then we need to, to kill him? How about this one? You've heard this one. Well, I'm personally against abortion, but I don't want to force other people to make choices that they may want to make. So you're not for laws at all? So you're for, you're for people being able to drive by, shoot whoever they want to? You're, you're for people can steal whatever they want, kind of like in San Francisco now because everything's a misdemeanor. It's not a crime anymore, so they go into the same store, rob the store, get chased out by the owner, go back another few days, rob some more stuff, get chased out. The police won't come and arrest them because it's, it's okay. You guys were just up there. Kind of changed over the years. Well, I'm personally against putting all those Jews to death in the ovens, but, you know, I don't want to force my beliefs on other people. How would that have flown? 
How about this? I choose not to have this baby. No, you already have a baby. Unwanted babies are the victims of child abuse. No, no facts substantiate that. There's child abuse, unfortunately, with, with, um, uh, with babies who are, were planned and babies who weren't. Oh, here's one that you haven't heard for a while. We've got to be careful about the population explosion. You remember that? How many of you remember that when that was a thing? You know, kind of like global warming. You know, that was a thing back in the day. Population explosion. We're not, we're going to run out of room on the earth. And yet so many countries today, especially in Western civilization, are not even reproducing enough to be able to sustain their populations. So what should a Christian be doing? And I'm going to close. I keep closing. I'm not through yet. Be informed. Find out where the candidates stand on issues of life. Vote for pro-life senators and representatives. And in fact, pro-life political people all the way down the line as far as I'm concerned. Work for constitutional amendment, banning abortion, teach sexual morality in the home and the church. <coughs> Parents and the church are the voices that need to be speaking into the lives of these children. Forget our self-righteousness and have compassion for unwed mothers so she's not afraid to come to us. In other church, we had several young ladies who got in the situation, and you know what we did? We loved on them. We wrapped our arms around them. We helped them out. Are you better than they because you haven't had the similar situation? I don't think so. Am I? Definitely not. So, young ladies, if you get that situation, you got a family here that will love on you and watch out for you and help you in whatever way that we possibly can. We don't need a hypercritical spirit. We need to be like the Lord. Show the love and forgiveness of the Lord Christ for those who've had abortions. There is mercy available from our God. There is forgiveness available from our God. There is grace available from Almighty God. He can remove the guilt. He, can, he may not be able to remove the pain in this life, but he can remove the guilt. He says, I will remove your sins from you as far as the east is from the west. I will put them in the depths of the deepest sea, and I will remember them no more. Speak out clearly. Cry aloud, spare not. Let people know. And pray that God will give us time as a nation to repent. He's given us a long time. We may be getting closer politically. I think we are. I think we are. I hope we get to that tipping point and we can reverse, at least for the future, the slaughter of children. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. That's why, some of the reasons why I'm pro-life today. Would you bow your heads with me, please? I printed the outline in the bulletin. I just, I gave just the points, the major points. There wasn't enough room to put all of the stuff in there. But I gave the major points and scripture references. No blanks, no fill in the blanks, because I wanted you to have all of that. If you want some of the other stuff about what should Christians do, I'd be glad to give that to you. But I want to ask you, first of all, with every head bowed, every eye closed, are you one who had an abortion? If so, I want you to know God loves you, and we love you, 
And he'll forgive you if you ask him to. Are you one who feels guilty? There's a solution for that. That's putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and trusting him when he says he will forgive us our sins. You can do that today. If you're not born again, if you're not saved, the Bible tells us clearly that Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried, and rose again so that we might have forgiveness of sins. He paid the price for your sins and mine. And I would encourage you to receive Christ as your Lord and your master today. Do you know someone, a single mom or someone who's carrying a baby now who's not married? Would you, would you make it a point to love on them, to find out what you can do for them, to be a help to them? Our Father, we ask you, Lord, to forgive us our national sin of warfare against little tiny preborn babies. God, we pray that you would reverse this whole situation. You can. That you would give us a Supreme Court that believes in life and would choose life. That you would make us to remember to cry out reveal what your word says about sin, whatever it is. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be concerned and not to look the other way and not to say, I just didn't realize when, in fact, we do realize, we know that's a little baby's and a little baby's life that's being taken. So God, bless us today. Help us not to be timid or afraid, but to stand up for what's right, to be salt and light in this dark society, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand, please? Fitz is right down here. Any men here, you want to talk to someone? You want to pray with Fitz? You want to ask him to pray for you? You want to get, receive Christ as your Savior? You want to join the church? You want to get baptized? Whatever. See this guy right down here or David Lassiter right in the very back in the center aisle right there on the aisle. Rachel over here. Ladies, same thing. Pat, you're going to be in there, all right? Monica, would you help someone? Someone want to pray with you? Raise your hand so they know where you are. Ladies, Monica, that's you. All right, there she is. All right. So as we sing this invitation, we're going to sing a verse, maybe two, no more than that. We want you to come, talk to these guys, talk to these ladies, and get some business taken care of with God as they sing and lead us in the song.
ask those who are going to be baptized to go out this hallway right here at this time. Ask everyone else to be seated for just a few moments. I want to make a couple of announcements. We have uh, a video, and uh, so let's go ahead and run the video. And then Delia, who works with uh, the Silent Voices in Chula Vista um, that we have partnered with. I, do you know you're in our budget for this coming year? Well, you are. Amen. Yeah, so we're, we're, that's one of the things we're going to vote on next week. When we vote on our budget for 2020 is adding um, silent voices on a monthly basis uh, as an offering. So uh, we'll, we'll do the, you want to do the video first or you want to, okay, let's do the video on Pro-Life Video and then Delilah will come up right after that. Since 1981, the number of abortions performed annually in the U.S. has been on a steady decline. In fact, since 2015, the number of abortions in the U.S. is down nearly 8%. This is great news for life. However, the number of lives impacted by abortion in 2018 in the U.S. alone still tops 850,000. There is much more work to be done. Women who are experiencing an unexpected or unwanted pregnancy are at one of the most vulnerable moments in their lives. The world has created a narrative that tells these women that they can just end their pregnancy and move on without consequence, but this is simply not the truth. Research shows that women who terminate pregnancies struggle with unresolved feelings of guilt and shame for years to come. After an abortion, most women often find themselves dealing with depression, hopelessness, low self-esteem, substance abuse, nightmares, and suicidal thoughts or attempts. But this is not necessary. There is a better way. Silent Voices exists to give compassionate, practical assistance to abortion vulnerable women, providing accurate information about the realities and possible consequences of abortion, and to offer help, hope, and healing through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ to women who are already struggling with the trauma of abortion. Since 1984, Silent Voices has offered access to free pregnancy tests, peer counseling, options education, support groups, life skills training, parenting classes, baby food, and supplies. Most importantly, we offer healing through the transforming power of the gospel and ongoing spiritual development. The gospel of Jesus is the only answer that can heal the deepest wounds and provide abiding hope for a bright and healthy future, regardless of our past. And now, Silent Voices can meet women right where they are. Through our partnership with Save the Storks, Silent Voices now owns a mobile medical clinic that will extend our reach into more communities, providing easier access to quality, life-focused medical care, options education, and free ultrasound screenings. Plus, the ability to meet women where they are means that they don't have to seek out our services. They can be introduced to Silent Voices through the course of their daily routine as we visit high schools, parks, neighborhoods, and areas in and around existing abortion providers. Once connected through the mobile clinic, women are introduced to additional health and parenting services offered through Silent Voices. Establishing long-term relationships that help foster ongoing contact and follow through. We believe that through this amazing opportunity, many lives will be changed and generations will be established in a new outlook, the outlook of life. 
This opportunity comes with a cost. I'm Joseph Griffith, Chairman of the Board for Silent Voices. Commercial vehicles are expensive. Medical equipment is expensive, and the personnel to operate them are also expensive. But when we serve the Lord, all things are possible, and you can be a part of the miracle of life and His plan to reach women and families through Silent Voices. First, we need your prayer support. Pray for the needs of our mobile clinic. Second, we need your help. If you'd like to volunteer, consider giving a portion of your time to loving and serving our community through Silent Voices. And finally, we need your financial support. Consider a one-time gift to help us get our mobile clinic functional. Or consider supporting Silent Voices monthly as we continually serve our community. Together we can continue to see a decline in the number of women choosing to end their pregnancies. Together we can see abortion vulnerable women find love, hope, and life. Together we can reach our community one life at a time. Learn more and get involved by visiting us online at silentvoices.org. Thank you guys for having me here today. Um, a little stuck here. I'll just move this way. All right, hi, my name is Delia, and I'm just praising God that I'm able to be here today. I was actually not going to be speaking. It was going to be Valerie Bowles, who is a member of your church, and she is actually one of our volunteers who comes uh, to meet with us once a week to help us out as a client advocate. And that is something that we are seeking as well as client advocates or individuals who want to be able to reach out to the moms and dads and sharing with them about God's love as well as alternatives to an abortion and sharing with them that there is hope and healing as well for them. So we are actually seeking not just volunteers, but we're also seeking people who are ready to step forward in helping us keep that van on the road. Because as you were hearing in the video, that van is quite expensive. It also includes cost of uh, registration for our insurance, as well as the medical equipment that we're going to be using on the van. And we also need to pay for our nurse manager. So all of those things encompassed together is about $5,000 a month for keeping that van going. So we are looking for people who are willing to, be, to go alongside us on a monthly basis to keep it moving and to see the miracle of life that is occurring because women are seeing the miracle of life on the TV screen as they are watching their ultrasound. I invite you all to come on board onto the van to see how it looks. We went with a design that really shows the love that we have for the moms and how precious and important they are to us and how much God loves them as well. So we chose something that is, you know, a little bit more, um, uh, what, what would I say? A a lot, be very beautiful, I'll just say that. It's very beautiful, and it really shows them that they are special. We also have an opportunity for you to learn how to reach out to women and men who are dealing with unplanned pregnancy, because we know a lot of people say, I'm against abortion, but they don't know what to say when they're faced with that uh, situation with maybe they have a friend or a family member who is considering abortion. What do you say? How do you show that compassion and really teach them that there are alternatives or that there is the love of Christ who can help them through that? So we have a program called Making Life Disciples that I invite you to come and partake in this course. And if you have any more questions about that or anything about the van, please feel free to come and see me. I will be in the back. Uh, you can come in inside, take some pictures, and just uh, get to know us a little bit better. All right, thank you. Thank you, Delia. 
All right. Thank you so much for what you do. We appreciate that. The Bible says that when people gladly received the word of God, they were baptized and added unto them in Jerusalem at that particular time, about 3,000 people. A few days later, there was another 5,000 that followed the Lord. And so we're glad to have these who put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, some as children, some as adults, uh, some maybe it was a long time ago, they're just now getting baptized, but we're glad for these who are being obedient to the Lord. And I want to encourage you, if you've never received Christ, to do so and then to follow him in believer's baptism. So we first of all have, who do we have? Okay, we have Everett Edwards, first of all. Everett, come on up here. Watch your head, and then step right there. And turn that way, and put your legs right down there. There you go. Everett, how old are you, buddy? Seven. Seven years old. All right, and you know what? He's a little bit younger than I was when I received Christ as my personal Savior. Sometimes people say, well, can a little child really you know, know what he's doing? And uh, we questioned him, we talked to him, and when the Bible says, except we come as a little child, it teaches us that what we need to understand is that we're sinners, Christ loved us and died for us, and he rose again, and we can be saved by putting our faith in him. So, Everett, have you put your faith in Jesus as your personal Savior? All right, because of that profession of faith. And I'm so happy to be able to baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death and raised again in the likeness of his glorious resurrection. Careful of death. Amen. All right. Step up here. And we'll step right over here. There you go. All right, then we have Avery, last name Cisco. Okay, all right, Avery, step right there. Now sit down facing that way and put your legs right down there. Okay, and Avery, how old are you? Eight. Eight years old, so you are the same age I was when I got saved. And if you pray and ask Jesus to be your Savior and forgive you your sins, all right, because of that profession of faith, and I'm very happy to be able to baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, and raised again in the likeness of his glorious resurrection. Careful of death. Amen. All right. Yeah. Alexandra Campbell, also known as Ali. Yes, it is nice and warm. You want to stick around a little bit later? You can just, you know. When, when we were building the other church, um, the workmen that were putting in our baptistry had never seen, evidently, a baptistry. And so someone told them it was the pastor's jacuzzi. And uh, they thought that's what it was. So, Allie, have you put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? Yes. All right, because that profession of faith. And I'm excited to be able to baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death and raised again in the likeness of his glorious resurrection. Amen. All right. 
Anyone else? The water's warm. Anybody else? That's it. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord for these. And uh, yeah. Good. All right. Let me give you a couple announcements and we will finally be able to go home. All right. So. Uh, right after this, I need to meet with the leadership team just briefly, I promise you, in the adult Sunday school class right over here. Um, we'll meet right away. And then next Sunday, preaching on We Need Stretcher Bearers at First Baptist Church. We need stretcher bearers. Tell you what that's all about next week. We'll also be voting on our um, new members, or introducing our new members, and voting on our budget for 2020. We'll have our reports from the, the previous year, 2019. So it's going to be an important day. We'll also be giving out certificates for those who've been baptized and those who have received Christ as their Savior. And then coming up, things that I know will happen, prophecy series in February and March. And since I did not preach on uh, just say no to, to debt, I kind of messed up because we're starting a new uh, financial freedom seminar on February the 16th. And this is a seminar designed, how many weeks is it? Is it eight or nine? Nine weeks. And John and Patsy take care of teaching that. And they'll give you more details coming up. But it's February the 16th. I highly recommend if you've never been through it that you go through it. Whether you have debt or not, it's a great thing to do. So uh, that'll be February the 16th. Sign-up sheet is going to be available next week. All right, next week for that. So uh, I think that's all the announcements we have right now. Let's stand. And John, would you mind dismissing us in a word of prayer? As we stand together. Amen. God bless you. Be friendly on the way out. Check out the ultrasound van. It's incredible. Get some material on their table. Thank you for being God's house. And thank you, David, for helping us out with drums.